What's up everybody? It's Dan from Binder Boneyard coming at you from the office. You might uh, hear some background noise. That is the heater firing off and on in here. Uh, it is November. It is cold. Even in sunny central Oregon, it uh, still gets cold uh, this time of year. There's no heat. It just keeps it just disappears the sun comes out and it's cold anyways so yeah apologize for the background noise uh thank you everybody for subscribing for liking for sharing for listening to us on all of the various platforms uh, i really appreciate it um, don't forget to tell your friends tell other people you know it, it really makes me smile when I see people on Facebook or Instagram telling other people, Hey, listen to this podcast or Hey, go check this guy out or whatever. And, uh, I'm glad that we are making an uh, impact on the community in a, uh, a positive way. Um, I'm glad that the information that we're putting out is uh, valuable and being used uh for the greater good just because uh you know i want to try and teach as much as i can and impart as much of my wisdom as i can and my experiences because i have definitely ruined a lot of stuff over the years and um you know <laughs> by me doing that has saved uh, you guys from potential disasters so um, today we are going to cover, uh, winter usage of your international. Um, and I know some of you guys are you long time international owners are rolling your eyes or whatever, but, um, I'm meeting more and more people who are using their scouts or their travel alls as daily drivers they're selling their cars or their trucks or they're parking their cars and trucks and using their scouts or travel all or pickups more and um you know it's good to see i like seeing the, the old iron on the road and and all that um what i hate to see is people using them in salt climates uh, which is most of the midwest and east coast if you are driving your scout on salty roads stop it just put it back in the garage buy a subaru or a jeep cherokee that you can drive until it folds in half and save your international for the for the summertime uh, if you know you don't want to listen to me and you're going to do it yourself, um, that's fine. We're going to go over some winter things that I've discovered um, over my years of driving them year-round. Uh, you know, like I said, it gets cold here in Central Oregon, and uh, you know the the old electric chokes 
they're they're handy um, i'm more a fan of a mechanical choke because then you have the ultimate control over the setting uh of, you know how it works um the electric chokes that come on the holly two barrels like the 2300 hollies um that we we do a lot of installs on those the um the stock holly two barrel up until about 1973 was a 2300 uh and then in there around 74 75 they transferred over to the 2210 and that's an emissions based carb that it's got a lot of funky stuff going on inside of it and i don't really care for it so when these scouts come in you know and they've got these 2210s on them we try and get rid of them and go back to a 2300 um, but what happens is is the 2210s have a heat riser type um, choke system on the intake manifold and there's a coil spring in there and when it heats up then it opens the choke up um, so that it can you know function function like it should but uh, they just don't work that well sometimes and in the extreme cold weather they they really don't work um, so when we transfer over to the 2300 Holly, which can still be purchased new through Summit or wherever, um, they get an electric choke, which is, you know, automatic style choke. They um, come on, you know, they're, like I said, they use electricity to turn them off, um, but there's still a little detent in the, um, in the throttle arm so that you have to actually stab the throttle pedal to get it to um, release from the detent and bring the idle down. Anyway, um, the electric chokes, they work okay most of the year. You know, if it's really cold, you have to dial them back a little bit so that they engage sooner and stay on longer because um, it just takes longer to warm up. And then in the summertime, you can roll them forward a little bit and then that makes the choke come off sooner and makes it a little easier to drive sooner um so they're definitely not foolproof um you know fuel injection is the way to go if you want year-round operation but that being said i've still seen um you know some of these systems that they just don't start when it's cold that was my biggest complaint with my my homemade tbi system um from years ago you know you can go on binder planet if you still use the internet www.binderplanet.com and in the fuel injection forum there is the how to do it yourself tbi system um but it still requires you burning a chip um bill hamilton he's kind of considered the godfather of the international um, fuel injection systems. And it's just a TBI. It's the same GM-based TBI system that you see all over the internet for sale. It's just Bill has a chip that has been tuned uh, for the international motor. And then he has a distributor that's set up for internationals. So um, 
I've seen, well, in my case, the, um, the truck just wouldn't start when it's cold. It just, when it was below, I don't know, about 20 degrees, it just wouldn't start. Uh, and you know, no amount of tuning and troubleshooting could we ever get it to start when it was extremely cold. Uh, any other time it was fine, but the cold weather just didn't, didn't like it for whatever reason. So, uh, I ended up taking the TBI off and putting a two barrel back on with a mechanical choke, manual choke, you know, cable into the, on the dash inside. And then the truck would start every time. Uh, that was one of the things I really liked, like my 64 Travelette has, that as a mechanical choke, you know, it's on the dash, just pull the choke knob out, and that truck will start in, you know, minus five, it will fire off instantly, uh, and that, and it has a Protronics uh, module in the distributor, and that's it, there's no other fancy updates that's protronics module new coil and then a 2300 holly it's actually the original 2300 uh, i just have rebuilt it and got it going so so winter usage of your international is to make sure that you've got a good working choke you got a good fuel system um, make sure that your cooling system is up to it make sure you've got fresh 50 50 mixed uh, distilled water and, and antifreeze coolant. Uh, if you're in really cold climates, you might want to change that ratio a little bit more. Um, make sure your heater hoses are up to snuff, heater core is good. The cowl doesn't have a bunch of stuff packed in there blocking the heater core. You'd be miserable if you can't ever get the heater to, to warm up. And I've had that happen where people say, oh, my Scout has a terrible heater or my pickup just never gets warm. And you, you open up the heater box and it's packed full of, you know, a mouse house or something. And you clean that out and then magically it's, it's you know, 100 degrees warmer in the cab. So just make sure that you've got good airflow going through the heater. Uh, good, good coolant, like I say, good hoses. Um, a lot of people like to drop down um, weights of oil. We normally run 1540 in everything that we do. Um, I know some people drop down to like 1030 in the winter time just so that it flows a little better. Um, if you're going to do that, make sure you've got some zinc additive or something to put in there to help with the flat tappet cam. Uh, in the summertime, you know, the diesel oil has a fair amount of zinc in it so um the summertime that's what we run but wintertime if you want to go to a lighter oil like a 1030 then make sure you get the zinc in there um remember that it's going to take a few minutes for other things to warm up uh the gear oil and the transmission if you have a manual uh, differentials the oil and the transfer case it needs to go down the road a little bit before it gets warm and starts lubricating like it should so um the first couple of miles once you leave the house you really need to take it easy on it and just let it get going and then and then it'll you know lubricate like it should and and be good but it's even worse if you have let it sit for 
a week or whatever in freezing temperatures and then you go to use it that oil's even more gummy and gooey and it needs more time to heat up um, a lot of people like to use the block heaters um, they sell these things where you can take a freeze plug out of the block and pop in this little water heater element looking thing that you can plug in to an extension cord at your house and and heat the it heats the water in the block so that the engine stays warm so that helps with cold starts it helps with keeping the oil flowing um, the only thing is if you use your rig every day it gets expensive on your electric bill plugging in another water heater uh, so keep that in mind I used to have mine on a timer on my diesel pickups and I would have the timer kick on at like three in the morning so that when I went to leave at 6.30, it was warm. Because um, there's no sense in just keeping it warm all night. Uh, it's not doing any good. So um, there's the block heater option if you know you wanna keep things warm and keep your starts a little easier and keep the oil flowing a little better. Then you can run your 1540 oil year round uh, if you plug it in every night. Um, yeah, uh, make sure that your brakes are up to snuff. Make sure your backing plates have the little rubber plugs in them, in them so that, you know, it keeps some of the water and slush and stuff from getting in there. Um, make sure your axle vents are venting correctly. Uh, we get several in here where you take the vent out of the rear axle and it'll be completely plugged with rust. Um, which isn't good. So make sure that your vents are venting, make sure it's got your vent hose run up uh, into the frame rail. A lot of the stock scouts just have this little metal cap over the vent. Uh, I recommend that you pry that off and then run a hose, uh, elevate a hose up into the frame rail, the bottom of the body. Um, that helps the axle breathe um, expansion and contraction of the rear of the air in the rear end so you don't blow out a seal um, but then it lets the lets it breathe and, and then you can it's safer for you know if you do go through a deep a deep you know standing water overflowing sewer drain or something you're um, you're you're not gonna fill your axle full of water um, you know, if you are using four-wheel drive a lot, uh, you know, like out here, we don't use salt. We just, they put down cinders, they call it, it's gravel, it's small, small sand and gravel on the, on the road. So what happens is, is it'll snow, they will plow it and then drop gravel. And then, you know, if it snows again, they will plow and drop more gravel. And you end up with this pretty much a, it's a gravel road after a few days uh it's still kind of slick but it's gravel road um so i you know you're running four-wheel drive for days and days and days um, and so if you're going to do that keep an eye on the front diff oil you know most people don't use their front front axle but a couple of times a year so you know before the season gets too far 
in, make sure your front diff's got plenty of lube in it and that it's up to the fill plug. Um, you can see the front axle U-joints if you have an open knuckle front end. Check them out, make sure there's not needles falling out or you know the roller bearings are in good shape. Um, there's not a bunch of play in it, that kind of thing. Make sure your locking hubs roll in and out of lock and unlock fairly easy. Um, you know, the last thing you want is for it to be 10 degrees outside and you're trying to turn the locking hub and, you know, your, it, your fingers are frozen and it won't turn and it's, it's seized up or whatever. And then you get, you're out there with a pair of channel locks trying to turn it and hit with a hammer or whatever. So make sure that they're functioning now before, uh, before it gets bad, before you really need it. Same with the transfer case. Make sure your transfer case oil is up to the fill level. Um, a good 90 weight synthetic or or you know, some guys use use 50 weight um, synthetic. I, I don't know, whatever. Whatever you feel like using a 50 weight in the scout is probably fine. I would use 90 weight synthetic in a um, truck or travel all or anything that tows um, those 205s. They, they got a lot of gears mashing in there, and, and I think they need a little bit more than, than what 50 weight has to offer. Um, but Scouts, you know, Dana 20 or whatever, it's you can get away with a 50 weight synthetic. Um, tires, make sure you got decent tires. I mean, that should go without saying, but I've seen some of you guys in your bald all-terrains trying to get around, and it's, it's not... It's not a good idea. Make sure you've got some, you know, I don't like mud tires. I don't like mud terrains in the, in the cold weather. They're just, the tread blocks are too big. Um, even if you can get studs, studs pressed into them, they're, it's just too much. I like a, a nice um, all-terrain with a lot of little lugs, a lot of little sipes, a lot of little fingers that, uh, can can grab the the snow and the ice and and stuff you know or you get the studded snow tires um some that's not legal in some states but in oregon you can still run studded snow tires so i put studs on the my toe rigs when i'm because i'm going over mount hood all the time or sandy m pass and you know i'm towing the trailer and and they'll you know they make me chain up my trailer which is a pain in the ass but uh, you know, it has to happen. So, so if I can save some time and not have to chain the truck up and just run the studded snow tires and, and then chain the trailer, then that's, you know, saves me some time. So, um, so that's what I do a lot of times. I don't put studs on the scouts. I just, I run a nice, like I say, a nice all-terrain. It's a good, good winter tire. Um, you know, some of the scouts that we put together, with that are stock like really stock we will put like you know the blizz axe or um you know the really aggressive winter tires they're super soft rubber and they do really well um you know they're, they're no studded snow tire but those studless snow tires do pretty good i know some of you guys that are into tires will argue with me about the the validity of studs and tires in this modern day and age but you know i'd 
I'd rather see studs in a nice winter tire than a nice winter tire with no studs. It's just how it is. Um, at least for me. Like I say, you know, we put our scouts through a lot of different conditions. Uh, they're not just highway pound, highway cruisers, your pavement pounders. The you know we're taking them up and taking the kids sledding up in the mountains, or we're you know going out into the desert, or you're going into the back forty. You know it could be snowy or icy or muddy, whatever. You know if you're in the south. And, you know, you get rain a lot and it's muddy, then, yeah, I understand the mud terrains. Um, but, you know, the Midwestern, West Coast, Northwesterns that are, are multi-purposing their scouts, it's really, you know, a, a winter tire with studs is, is what I prefer. But, you know, I'm not a tire professional, so I'm sure I will hear about it from some of them that are. Um... You know, make sure that your um, truck is sealed up. You know, if you need new door gaskets, the hatch gasket, um, make sure your exhaust system is up to snuff and routed correctly. Um, there's nothing worse than, you know, sitting in your rig waiting for it to warm up and, you know, you start breathing a bunch of exhaust. Um, you know that, that wears out your brain really fast so if you need to pay attention to your exhaust system um, do that sooner than later uh, you know make sure that like your door gaskets are all there your rear hatch closes like it should you know if you've got the travel all make sure the the tailgate gaskets intact and the window rolls up all the way you know rust holes in the floor at least for the season, cover them somehow. You know, even even my traveler that I'm driving a, a lot right now, uh, it's got terribly rusty bed floor, and I don't have time to weld in a new floor. So I threw a sheet of plywood in the back, and that covered up most of the holes, and that made a big difference on the comfort inside the rig and you know exhaust intrusion and that kind of thing. So. Um, you know, sometimes the temporary fixes become long-term fixes, but just, you know, plugging those holes, making it more comfortable, making sure the windows seal like they should, adjust the doors if you have to, get them to shut appropriately and to seal, um, you know, IH Parts America sells those seal kits for the, the doors. So, you know, look into that, make sure you're your heater is actually getting outside air so when you turn it on it's not just recirculating the same steamy air um what else that's about all i can think of for winter operation you know if if you are using it in the salt climate uh wash the thing off if you have some way to hose off the underside regularly like daily um please do that i know some guys will drill holes in certain places and then just pump them full of old engine oil or atf or some sort of you know petroleum product and then just let it drip out <laughs> over time i know that's not the most 
EPA friendly, environmentally friendly way to do things. I'm just saying, you know, from the old days, that's what I've heard. Guys will coat the insides of their quarter panels and their fenders with with grease or 90 weight, uh, 90 weight in a sprayer to, um, you know, so the rust water and everything else will, or the salt water, I should say, will run out or, or not, you know, damage the metal as much but there's nothing that you can do really it'll get that salt water gets in between the, the pinch welds and it'll start to blister and buckle and and then they just start rusting and the frames will start rusting and you know just everything i mean i bought a pair of super duty axles for a project uh from ohio and i've never seen axle tubes get rusty around the u-bolts like they like these are it's i'm i'm not sure if i can even use these axles because they got so the rear end anyways got so damaged from salt um it's just crazy how it does that so anyway there's there's no way to protect your rig from salt so i again i would not use your international in the salt season if you can help it um but you know some some communities don't use salt and and you can get away with driving them but i would i would not if i were you um but anyway i think that uh, about covers the cold weather operation um you know oh and just for safety's sake have a little backpack or a duffel bag in the back with an extra hat and some gloves and a sweatshirt and you know some flares and the ability to start a fire or you know things like that because if you do break down you do get stranded you do get stuck you got you know you're not going to die if you can start a fire somehow you put on an extra sweater um you know just kind of be mildly prepared for inclement weather like that and, and the ability the, the possibility that you get stranded so it's a it's a good idea to to think about that stuff. All my rigs have some sort of safety security setup in it for that very reason. Um, if you followed me long enough, you'll know that I have a, a track record of <laughs> breaking down at the most inopportune times. So uh, just try to prepare by having some snacks and. And so, you know, of course, they carry tools and so a few spares and fluids and things like that. But you always have a change of clothes, socks, sweatshirt, you know, um, gloves, hat, um, fire starting stuff, um, you know, whatever. Just to just to be safe, because it's you know that's the difference between it's freezing to death and not sometimes. But anyway, well, hopefully that was informative. Hopefully you learned something. Um, and, uh, you know, if there's something I forgot or I missed or you want to add to it, you can hit me up on the socials. Let me know. I can uh, make another post in the future about it and uh, be sure to mention it. So, again, thank you, everybody, for your support and likes and the shares. I, I enjoy it. Thank you. And until next time, I'm Dan for Binder Boneyard. Yard.